Hello, hello, and welcome back to Cutting Chai Stories, where the writing needs to be steeped sometimes, just like the half servings of milky tea we call cutting chai back home in India. I'm your host, Jayati Vora, and I gotta tell you, when it came to this episode, I was stumped. I was fresh out of ideas, and that got me thinking that maybe this is a problem that you share. Some of you know that I am also running a 25-day paid writing challenge and we're on day 11 of the challenge, I think. Last week was Inspiration Week and this week is Doing Week and that got me thinking. The things that the folks in my challenge are struggling with are probably also the things that so many more of you are struggling with. And so I thought I just have to share this wisdom with all of you. And if it helps you to get unstuck, to get moving, please tell me. Tell me what worked. I want to know what among this, among these tips were useful for you and what wasn't. Tell me what you were stuck with, for how long, what helped you get unstuck, what you ended up doing. Okay, so these are nine tips to get you writing again. And I'm going to break these tips up into three sections. And the first one is inspiration. And this is for you if you're staring at a blank page and don't know what the heck to write, or if you're in the middle of writing something and feel like your well has run dry. So tip number one, put down your pen and paper, shut your laptop, go take a walk. Julia Cameron, the author of The Artist's Way, which is a brilliant book, you must read it if you haven't yet. She says that for us to be creative, we need to build up our visual banks, our banks of images. And when we write, we deplete those images, we use them up right? So we've got to go keep on filling that bank. And I am a big believer in this. I always get inspiration from walking. Walking in nature is my favorite thing to do. But if I can't do that, because I live in New York City, and I know a lot of you live in cities too, then I just step out without a destination in mind. I cross streets when it's my turn to cross, and I stop and I turn the corner when it's a red light, and I can't cross the street. And the end result is, I take new routes when even when I'm walking in the same like five or seven blocks, I, I always end up going a different way because I'm not, I'm not always going down 7th Avenue and then taking a left and doing this and doing that. And I look at the graffiti and I pay attention to the scribbles on the sidewalks and I look at architecture that inspires me and the way the light reflects from this window. And I stroll. And I, I'm not walking somewhere purposefully. I, I stroll so that I have time to look around. And I try to not think of anything consciously when I walk. Even if I have a dilemma in my mind, I try to not focus on it. And this part, by the way, I find is important because if I'm trying to consciously think of something, then it becomes a very frustrating exercise. It feels like I'm pushing it. I'm, I'm like, ugh, it's just this very squeezy feeling where I'm like trying to force something into being. On the other hand, if you let your mind empty out and just pay attention to your surroundings, then your mind is blank. There's space. It's receptive to whatever thoughts just happen to pass your way and then you can make connections and you see something and that sparks an idea in you and 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 that's inspiration right and if you can't go outside if the weather's miserable if you need to stay at home take a shower i mean i know this sounds ridiculous but like seriously take a shower in fact i had the idea for this episode in the shower prior to going out so do something mindless like taking a shower and empty your mind my second tip for you is to dance Bear with me. It might sound a little weird, but it's absolutely true. When you get your body moving, you get those arms pumping, those hips shaking, that does a lot for you. It wakes you up. It's better than coffee, I promise. Jury's still out on whether it's better than chai, but (laughs) the point is, it makes you happy. Some people say you should dance to music without words because then 
you know, you can interpret the, 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 the melody, the tune, and you're not like putting thoughts in your head with the words. Um, you could also dance to songs that are in another language that you don't understand. But honestly, if you need words to get you moving, if your favorite songs are full of lyrics, that's fine too. I, I love dancing to Bollywood songs and singing along to them. And so that's just what I do. Um, you know, but you do you. The third tip is to try another medium. So if you're a writer, okay, get out your kid's paints, take some printer paper, and just paint something, right? Don't plan it out too much. Just like let your hand move across the page. Um, if you're a painter, try gardening or sculpting, making something with Legos or magnetiles. All the parents will know what I'm talking about. I love playing with magnetiles. Or if none of those work, try painting with your left hand or copying a drawing that's upside down. And all of these things, in some way, will stimulate your brain to see something and experience something in a different way, right? If you're, if you're good with words, and then you suddenly thrust yourself out of the medium of writing where you feel confident and self-assured, and then you paint, like I'm terrible at painting, right? And, and that forces my brain to like inhabit this beginner's brain. Like I'm new at this, I'm raw at this, I'm not good at this. And that just flips a switch in your brain to see things in a different way. All right, so that's the inspiration chunk. Now for the second part of this list, which is actually doing the dang writing. There are so many demands on our time, especially when we're cooped up at home with our families all the time, like we are these days. So tip number one is to block off a chunk of time on your calendar. This sounds so simple that you may not actually do it, but I want you to do it like right now. Okay, physically put a time in your calendar. When you're just wishy-washy about writing, you say, yes, yes, I'll do it. I'll do it sometime this week. It is just so easy to let yourself off the hook because you haven't made it real. So make it real for yourself. Give yourself a deadline. Put a time and a date in your calendar. Put up your calendar app right now, right now, while you're listening to this. Pull up your calendar app. Open your notebook, wherever you manage your time, however you do it, and block off. 20 minutes, half an hour, 45 minutes, whatever you can as your sacred writing time. Make sure it's not right after a meeting because maybe the meeting runs long and eats into your writing time and your writing time is sacred. So go ahead and do that. Protect that time. And when that time comes, put on your headphones, lock the door if you can, go sit in the stairwell to write. Okay, whatever you go to the bathroom. That's the one place that people don't bother me. Right, so go sit in the bathroom. Whatever you need to do to fill that block of time with writing. And if you're forgetful like me, right, you can put a daily or a weekly reminder on your phone so it dings 10 minutes before writing time is supposed to begin. Right, take away your excuses. Make it real. Second tip, tune out the outside world. We are so hyper-connected these days. For instance, since I joined Clubhouse, the app, I get a bazillion notifications an hour. I really need to stop following so many people. Or maybe it's a Facebook notification or an email or a spam call, whatever. Silence your phone. Turn it so it's face down. This sounds so simple. But seriously, even not being distracted by the visual, like that banner, you know, that pops up, that can help. If you're on a computer, you can even disconnect from the internet. So then you're not tempted to constantly refresh your email to see, ha, has anybody emailed me? Has anybody liked my picture? So it's like when you're starting to eat healthy. Not only do you need to make healthy choices, you also need to empty your pantry of all the unhealthy foods that are there, just waiting to tempt you into cheating. So you do that for your writing as well. You get rid of all the junk food. Close the door on it, temporarily. Third tip, 
Maybe your problem isn't beginning the writing, but continuing it. Maybe you get distracted by other things, like your stomach rumbling. That happens to me a lot. Maybe it's 3 p.m. and you start yawning. Have you heard of the Pomodoro technique? A lot of people use it. It basically says that we work best with limited amounts of time where we have one single focus and then we can be hyper productive. And then in the middle, you have, you know, a few minutes of downtime where you can go to the loo, get a snack, whatever. So you actually just set a timer. Okay, the original recommendation, I think, was 25 minutes, which works fine. You can choose whatever makes sense for you. After you're turning off your ringer, turning on your laptop, for those 25 minutes, right, where you've turned on the timer, nothing else exists in the world but whatever you're writing, okay? And when the timer goes off, you can get up and attend to your bladder. You can do whatever else you want to do. But for those 25 minutes when you know this and only this is my focus, you refuse to allow those distractions until the timer goes off, then it's time to rejoin the world, right? And that really works. A side tip along with this sort of point three and a half, if you're like me and between 3 and 4 p.m. in the afternoon is sort of your nemesis for concentration, just plan ahead for it, right? Try not to write at that point. Just know in advance that this time is tough for you and go get that cup of chai. When I worked in an office, that was my chai time. I wouldn't look at the clock, but my body would tell me I need to get up. I need to go to the kitchen bump into a colleague there maybe, chat for a few minutes, refill my water bottle, brew a cup of chai, uh, drink it. And by the time I'm taking my first sip, my brain is back in action. So plan ahead. You know what that time is for you. We all have it, right? We, we can't be focused all the time. All right. So that's six tips down already and three more to go. And this is for the large last stage of writing, which is actually rewriting or editing your work. As an editor, hopefully, I do not need to tell you just how important it is to reread your work with a critical eye, not just for the typos, but also just to polish it, make it better. Now, the first tip of this bunch is to print it out, print out whatever you've written. If you typically work on a computer, right, and you edit on the computer, print out whatever the piece of writing is on paper and read it again with a pen in your hand. Something about changing the medium and actually feeling that roughness of the paper in your hands, it triggers your brain in a certain way. Whenever I edit big pieces, I always do my first reads and my final reads on printouts and then the bulk of the actual editing in Microsoft Word. It's just my brain processes things differently and it's not just my brain, everybody's brain. If you don't have a printer, then even just look at it on a phone or a tablet versus a computer. It's not quite the same, but even, even just seeing the lines breaking at a different point, even that can help you see something that you may have missed before. The second tip is to read the whole thing out loud. Just like triggering your brain when you're reading something in a different medium, hearing it said out loud will bring you different insights. So you might hear that one sentence sounds particularly heavy, or maybe it feels like, you know, the end is very abrupt, like it needs one more syllable, one more word. You'll start hearing rhythms. Okay, even if you're not writing poetry or anything rhyming, just always listen for and notice the rhythms in your writing, right? You'll notice when your attention starts to lag. This is huge. Writers and editors do this all the time, right? To read um, the writing out loud. They do this all the time and they do this at the highest levels. It is very important to hear what we read and not just read it. And when I say read it out, I, I mean so that the person sitting next to you can hear it, right? Not, not in your mind. And if you do this and at first you're not getting it, you feel like eh, it's not happening, try recording yourself when you read it out loud and then play back that recording. When you're just focused on listening, 
as opposed to reading and listening at the same time, you may notice some things that you might have missed otherwise. Finally, your last tip on the list. Cut your writing by a quarter. Yeah, I know, I haven't read what you're writing. Maybe your writing is very short to begin with. But most of us, the vast majority of us, tend to stuff unnecessary details, adjectives, points into our writing. And we can make our words pack more of a punch if we trim them down. So figure out how many words 25% is and then try to cut them out. And I know it's so hard to murder our darlings, to kill off our favorite phrases and our clever words and our big words that show just how smart we are. But be ruthless like this and it will help you polish your writing and take it to the next level. So that was it. That was my nine and a half tips to get your brilliance out of your head and onto your paper. I hope it was helpful. And if it was, please do write to me and tell me which tip you used and how you used it. All right, now for your writing prompt, which is inspired by the inspiration chunk of this list. I want you to look at something in a different way and write about it. You can interpret that very literally. You can take some object and flip it back to front or upside down. You can tilt yourself sideways and look at something from a different angle. Or you can take a memory that you have and try and see it from the point of view of the other person. It could be something tangible or intangible. The point is just to stimulate a different perspective and see what comes. And if you do that and you want to share what you've written, please do write to me at cuttingchaistories at gmail.com. And if you like this show, if you found it helpful in any way, please do share it with your friends. Please rate and review it on Apple Podcasts and keep spreading the inspiration. Thank you for tuning in. I'm not sure yet whether this is going to be the last episode of the season. Season 1 was 21 episodes. Or if I'm coming back next Thursday for episode 22. So enjoy this. And I'll see you when I see you. (laughs) 